0: There's a conference on October the 6th in Birmingham for advanced clinical practitioners. We want to tell you about it. Let's go. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back to the Critical Care Practitioner podcast. This is a podcast not necessarily about critical care practitioners but about advanced Mm -hmm. clinical practitioners. This is um, with a group of colleagues that I used to work with at the Heart of England NHS Trust who are currently all practitioners in the emergency um, medicine department. Uh, department I managed to start for a whole 20 months before I decided it wasn't for me and moved back to critical care. They have organised a fabulous ACP conference in October of this year, um, and it's going to be at Birmingham City Football Club. They've done a podcast themselves, which was the uh, ACP Educate podcast, released just recently. I listened to it myself, and they're actually at the Birmingham City Football Club recording it, uh, and it sounds like it's going to be a fabulous venue. But we're going to come back to that. First of all, I just want to introduce you to the three guys who have joined me. Um, we've got Ashley Lowther, um, who is a trainee or practitioner. We've got Amy Wright, who is a trained advanced clinical practitioner. And we have got Martin Horton, who is a little bit further down the line and he's going to be moving to Pastures New soon, but I'll let him tell you about that. Ashley, first and foremost, as a trainee advanced clinical practitioner in the emergency medicine department, tell me who you are, how you ended up in that role and how you've been finding it.
1: OK, so hi. Uh, as Jonathan said, my name's is Ash. Uh, so I'm a trainee uh, ACP in heart of England emergency department. How did I end up there? I've been an AE nurse for about 10 years now, spent most of my career in the Royal Air Force um, and kind of wanted to get into advanced practice for about the last three years. Uh, And I started my ANP course, back to those titles, uh, in Bournemouth about uh, two and a half years ago, uh, which incorporated most of the uh, mandatory modules including prescribing um etc and applied and was successful to get a trainee ACP post at Heartlands just about six months ago and that's where I'm at now.
0: Okay. And your training, what what does that comprise? Is it purely um clinical or are you getting a lot of uh theory? What what how's the balance there working for you?
1: I think it's a good mixture of uh I'd say theory as in hands-on theory educational stuff at university and then uh, clinical competency based and I think that's where the RCM portfolio um, and RCM learning come, come into it really strongly so uh, for me and the people in my training cohort we are a bit of an odd bunch in that we've come into the training ACP job not on day ones so we've all come in with just over, um, over half the way through our master's academically. So for me, I've got one year left of my master's, which I start in September. Um, so it's mostly about the clinical and competency-based stuff for me. Um, my work-life balance in terms of that is I work um, clinical, well or, or, or three shifts a week clinically, and then the rest of the academic and educational stuff is my non-clinical time. And that's a mixture of junior doctor training, um, national courses such as ALS, Um, And, of course, online formed education resources uh, like RKM Learning.
0: Okay, fabulous. Martin, you have now been at the emergency medicine department um, at Heartlands Hospital for some years now. Um, You are moving to Pastures New, I believe. Um, This is something that's going to happen fairly imminently. Is that right?
2: Yeah, um, so I'm very privileged. I've been very lucky and was successful in uh, getting the... Uh, lead ACP job down at Taunton where they don't have any ACPs in emergency medicine at all and they've chosen me to go down and set up their service which I'm extremely excited about so I did my last shift uh, at Good Hope Hospital last night uh, as a night shift and I've got two more shifts at Heartlands and then that's me and I'm moving picking up my whole family and moving down there that's exciting yeah very what are you going to do um i so in the first instance we're going to look at recruiting uh, a couple of partly qualified or qualified acps to be there as mentors and to set up the service completely and then in the very near future my intention is to recruit uh, brand new trainee acps with no advanced practice training uh, at all apart from maybe some emp type work and then we're going to train them up right from scratch put them through the masters and start with the Arkem credentialing from day one and put them through the three-year development program that Arkham have have designed and set up uh, as a credentials uh, uh, program.
0: That's something you've been through yourself, isn't
2: it? Yeah, so I was uh, lucky. I'm not sure lucky, but I was, uh, I was, I volunteered to be one of the first lot three at uh, the credentialing program and I was the first one to do both the dual adult and paediatric credentialing program um, and I was massively supported by the whole team at Heartlands, uh, both the ACPs, the middle grades and the consultants and my family to, to get all that work done and to get through it and you know it's really hard work, it is hard work but it gives us a bit of credibility in front of our medical colleagues and it shows the the level of practice that we can perform at safely and competently with the good training program
0: yeah okay is there anything out there in the world at the moment chucky that um you're you're telling people about because sorry i, I didn't phrase that very well you, you you i know how well qualified you are um i have seen your uh profession at work and always studying in awe of, of you all, because I not only know how hard you work, uh, I know the conditions under which you work. How are we now making sure that the role of the advanced clinical practitioner in emergency medicine um, is coming to the forefront and it's something that is now being appreciated as um, a genuine option rather than a stopgap?
2: I think that's a really good question. I think that's possibly uh, more unique to individual uh, places and where and where people work. Um, we, we've, we've been very privileged previously to work at uh, a place which has had ACPs for a good period of time, and they've learned from mistakes of both the trainer programme and recruitment strategies and things like that. Um, I think with our CAM credentialing, it goes back to saying that ACPs are a safe and competent workforce that are able to address this workforce problem that we've got in emergency medicine. Um, we just need to be careful that we don't push people through it too quickly. We don't put them under undue pressure, and we make sure that people are well and truly supported through what is a hard, difficult training program. Uh, and I was very lucky; and I had that heartlands and my aim is to have that supportive nature. And that, you know, we, we, it's it's hard work. We'll push people, but you've got to support them through. And I intend to take that to Toronto.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, one of the things that I would say from my experience in the emergency and medicine department, and it wasn't for me, that doesn't mean it's not for everybody. It just wasn't for me, is that one of the most important things, if you're going to undertake something like this, is to have the good supportive team around you. Because there are times when you do feel very lost um, and you need people to wrap their arms around you, sometimes quite literally. So and that's something that always happened uh, at A&E at Heartland. So um, I only ever was thankful for that but um it still didn't keep me there unfortunately but there you go move on to other things Amy let's talk to you now um Amy is um qualified now for I believe just a couple of years would I be in the right ballpark there Amy with that
3: yeah so well qualified as in I finished my master's a year ago and then I've been a fully qualified ACP for nearly three years now um, right. and then started four and a half years ago I started the same time as Chucky um, okay
0: so now you're qualified, it's all done then, is it? There's nothing else to do?
3: Well, yeah, <laughs> no, not quite like that. So now, obviously, I've just started doing what um, Chucky's been doing and started the Arkem credentialing programme. So, uh, yes, I've done my master's. So, yes, I'm fully qualified ACP, and I have that job role um, as a, uh, one of the more senior ACPs. But, no, from a credentialing point of view, I've just started doing that now. So not, not quite all completely done.
0: Okay. Um, and as part of just tell me about your role now as a as a qualified ACP and somebody with a bit of experience behind you what would your typical day be how how autonomous are you that's probably what i'm asking you
3: Okay, so normally now that I'm qualified, you tend to be a bit more in an area by yourself, whereas before you perhaps were in an area where you were could be supervised by an ACP or by one of the middle grades or consultants, so that you could always had somebody that you could go to to tell them about your patients, whereas now you tend to be either in charge of recess yourself or go to paediatric uh, department. Um, on a night shift, you'll often find yourself around in the minor injuries area, where it's more minor injuries, minor illness. Um, And then obviously doing assessments and most shifts now um, I'll be the senior clinician in the assessment area. Um, And then sometimes when it's busy, you tend to find yourself in either of the majors area, just basically seeing where the um, busiest place is really. So I tend to find that you have more of an onus on an area as opposed to just seeing the queue.
0: Okay would it be fair to say that the department might struggle if the acp wasn't there
3: yeah i would, I would definitely agree with that um i think the ACPs there they've been there and they're an integral part of the environment so the junior doctors they can go to them if the consultants aren't around or, or even if they are around for sometimes for a bit of advice um the nurses know that they can trust them as well so that if they've got a sick patient they can just come grab an ACP um, as well as they would with an, uh, the, uh, the clinician as well. And also, I think the consultants, they often find that because we're there and we know the policies inside and out and we know the department, that we're very reliable um, and can always be trusted in any situation. And if it's something that could potentially be out of our depth, and then, then we know that we can recognise that. And if we need to get help, then we can.
0: Okay. And I think probably a little bit like the critical care practitioners, one of the things that you do provide is a certain element of consistency uh, yeah. within the department. Unlike the junior doctors who do, through very good reasons, go through their training um, and they're in the department and then out of the department, then uh, the ACPs as the ACCPs just provide that consistency in the department that I think the consultants begin to know and rely, on, rely upon quite heavily.
3: Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think now if you took out ACPs out of the emergency department, I think that they'd massively, massively struggle. I think it's um something that, that now is an integral part of this of the um department.
0: Okay. And I believe um are you recruiting again? Did I see an advert recently for recruiting for some more trainees?
3: Well it's not, um yes, they are recruiting, so but now it's not for trainees. They have put the advert out for fully qualified 8As is what I believe has just gone out recently this last week. So right. that's not for trainees, that they want fully qualified ACPs.
0: No. Okay, excellent. So um, the team is just um, well entrenched and very important to the running of the department, which is good to hear. Yeah. So let's let's talk... Jonathan, Amy. Jonathan yeah. sorry, can I just interject on something that Amy said there?
2: I think this is really cool. useful for people that are wanting to look at becoming an ACP to understand that when you become an ACP, The reason why the selection criteria and the essential and desirable criteria is actually quite strict with regards to experience and capability is because of the senior role that you will take on even as a trainee. Quite often nurses will come to you for senior nursing advice um, and junior doctors will come to you even as a trainee for the experience and the knowledge that you've got from being a long-term ED worker, um, which is why we get criticized quite a lot for saying um, you know we expect five years emergency or acute critical care uh, experience for applicants and that's the main reason why we're not questioning whether people are capable it's those other skills and those other roles that are integral of being an acp which is why you need that experience as well as the capability to work under pressure so i think it's important to just clarify that that's the reasons why we have very strict um criteria for people to be successful in applicating and applying for both qualified and training ECB roles.
0: Yeah absolutely and I think um, having been there myself I think um, you do need that experience under your belt to be able to cope with a lot of the pressure that's going to be placed upon you during that training role and also to be An experienced team member, because I think that's probably one of the keys to working certainly in the emergency medicine department um, and you need to be, let's say, grown up enough um, to work as part of a team that might sometimes be under intense pressure and people experiencing stress. Um, you need to be able to handle that and work as part, a good part of a team. But let's move away from that now. Um, Amy, I wanted to talk to you about, and this is really why we um, got together this evening, I wanted to talk to you about the um, Advanced Clinical Practitioner Conference at Birmingham City Football Club. What what, what inspired it? And then tell me what your plans are for it.
3: Um, what inspired it, really? I think um, we were talking as a group and as um, with the consultants as well about just maybe doing something from a heft point of view um because there's quite a few of us acps were quite well established within the department and we just wanted to become a bit more a network a network really with other acps across the nation because we're well established now across the country um we've got some and uh coven warwick they're starting to get some up it would be nice to or get together with other ACPs across the country um, and see how others are getting on a network and also have um, have a, a place where people can learn about other things. Um, and especially now with the credentialing coming up as well and people have started to credential. it's such a huge thing to do and something that's so new for us that it was a good time for us to learn from each other, um, especially as we've got Chucky who's just done it to try and um, share his expertise with other people across the country about how he did it um, to support each other and just to get our name out there really about ACPs Um, and there are still a lot of A&E departments that don't have ACPs and it was just a forum for them to be able to come along see what we're about um, ask some questions and see if it's something that they they would like in their A&E department as well because there'll be consultants there and um, and other doctors as well that have not got ACPs or have got ACPs and it's just an area really that we can network with each other and and um advertise us as well really
0: so what's on the agenda
3: on the agenda um so the first couple of hours we're just going to talk about credentialing so we've got one of our consultants coming who sits on the board of the credentialing for the arc um, so she's talking about how it's done we've got um chucky he's also doing it from his own experience how he got through it and giving some tips on it as well um, we've got um, some uh, elderly care trauma scenarios, and some paediatric scenarios as well. We've got um, yourself doing talks on social media and um, how to how to do a lot of foam. Chucky is going to be doing a fascia iliac apartment block um, workshop. So how to do that? Because it's becoming quite big now with people coming in with fractured hips. So how we can be doing that as APs or as a just department. Um, we've got um, some just some regular pitfalls needy. And we're going to be having a big discussion on sedation and ED as well and how that um, can, can be incorporated within our job role as well. That's the main things.
0: So it it sounds very emergency medicine. Is there a place for other ACPs to come along as well? Are they going to get any value from this? I, I suspect they probably will, but I just want to hear it from your mouth.
3: Yeah. Now there. Yes, of course, there are, some, there are some bits which are specific for A&E, but there's a lot of things that aren't, like the social media and the paediatric uh, paediatric scenarios, elderly care um, scenarios as well, and fascia iliacobrox. There's a lot of things, and there's um, a lot of things that are going to be just a chance to meet other people and network with other people uh we're looking at having an acp panel as well so there'll be some question and answer sessions specifically to do with acps as well we're also going to be having like a live twitter feed so anyone who's got any questions then they can be asked to any of us throughout the day and um have that uh live as well um so yes although some of it is mainly to do with a&e it's definitely an opportunity for other acps or other nurses cis, uh, paramedics doctors anybody to get involved as well and it's a chance for anybody to learn anything even if it's not specifically relevant to your job role
0: and i know that um because i i, I spoke at it a couple of years ago i know uh, coventry have uh, an acp day um i also know that derby ran an acp day recently is there any plan in the future to perhaps try and um join hands and become a, a regional day
3: Oh, we could do. Yeah, at this at the minute, it's uh, more of a just let's. Well, I suppose we're just thinking about this one, um. But definitely, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. It'd be nice to meet some of them and have a chat about whether we could do a regional one and make it even bigger than than this one. So, yeah, that's a, definitely a potential potential that could happen.
0: Okay, let's see if we can make Twitter work for us then and make that happen because I think that would be really really useful. I know I've spoken to one of the chaps over at Warwick Hospital who's involved with the advanced practice at a more national level and he says there is an advanced practitioners um, national meeting. Um, I I didn't know anything about it but hey, um, I haven't got my ear completely to the ground all the time obviously, Um, but he was very interested in the idea of a regional one so maybe that's something that should be worked on. I don't know how we're going to drag Taunton into the um, Midlands region but we'll, we'll do our damnedest to try I think definitely. Don't worry about that. I'll sort that out. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, it sounds really, really exciting. Um, tell me the date again.
3: 6th of October, Friday.
0: And Friday. how? 6th of October. How do people go about booking a place?
3: So if you type into Google, um, Heft ACP Conference, then it comes up straight away as that, and you just literally click on the link Or you've got the hashtag um, HeftACP17, which will take you to the Twitter handle and you can uh, book through there as well.
0: Okay. So, and the cost?
3: Uh, It's £15 for Heft employers and UHB employers and £30 for non-Heft and non-UHB employers.
0: Excellent. Well, I think that's a bargain and I think it'll be a very valuable day. Um, And like um, we have been having lots of conversations prior to this discussion whereby we're hoping we might be able to certainly record a lot of the um, conversation that goes on along with the presentations and even hopefully um, if we can persuade the comms people that it's an appropriate thing to do and we've got the bandwidth to do it we can live stream a lot of this stuff as well um, which I think will um, it's not so much about people necessarily watching the live stream from beginning to end but I think it's just about uh, bringing up the profile of Uh, the HEFT ACPs, the ACP conference, and the ACP role as a whole, Um, and that's something we need to push quite hard for. Um, Is there any plans to get involved as um, I'm moving this forward? I'm just thinking out loud a little bit here with things like the Royal College of Emergency Medicine conference. Is that something that can be done in the future?
3: Uh, well, I know that the Royal College of Midwives have their own conference, um, so I don't, I don't. I that would really have to be discussed with them. I think in the future as to whether we can get involved I with think or not.
1: I think we should push for more, and I think they'll be very open to this. So I was at the RCM conference last year, and I think there's no reason why ACPs can't be doing some of those talks now. Yeah. Um Like any conference, you can submit, um, you know, a proposal for a talk. So I just would love to see more ACPs like Chucky, who's gone through the process, putting themselves forward to go and speak at it, and I think they'll be very receptive to it.
0: And I would like to see, I'm a bit like this with the critical care practitioners. I don't want just to see critical care practitioners talking about critical care practitioners. Mm -hmm. I want to see them talking about critical care. Yep. Because I think we're just as valid with our opinions as we are as, as, as anybody else is, and we are leading the way in some of the processes now so we should be there telling people about it on an equal basis not just all we were stuck in a side room talking about ourselves. Let's talk about our profession and the areas in which we work and how we can make sure that those areas move forward. Um, and, how, as, and how we can bring better care to the people that we look after. Yeah absolutely. Absolutely, and I think that's something you've always said, Chucky. You know, as as long as people can prove that they care, then they're, that's they're ninety percent of the way, yeah. of the way there. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Anything else to add, guys? I just think um, I think we could talk a little bit more about how people
2: can get involved. Um, obviously, coming to the conference, uh, you're going to be there, you're going to be getting involved. And we've already mentioned about Twitter as well. And Jonathan, you talked about the live stream that you're going to be doing um, through CCP Practitioner. Um, in addition, we want anybody that's coming to the conference that wants to, to get involved in a group discussion straight after the conference that's going to be podcasted and it's going to be put out there about people's opinions and what they learned and what the key messages that they got out. So if you're interested in that, get in touch through with Jonathan, just uh, DM him through uh, Twitter or through the ACP Educate feed and just let us know if you want to get involved and there'll be plenty of opportunity to come and speak to us. And if you're remote and you can't come to the conference because we've all got busy lives, then the hashtag, as Amy's already said, which is half ACP 17. Uh, just get involved and we'll do everything we can. And Ash is going to be Twitter moderating. We're going to have Twitter feed up there. So hopefully we'll be able to answer questions if you've got them remotely as well.
0: Fantastic. OK. Well, I'm really looking forward to it because I can get my geek head on and I can I can live stream and I've got several microphones and I can just be in geek heaven. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I think I've taught Chucky well as well, because he's been showing off his fluffy microphones as well. And uh, I feel like I've moved forward from somebody who was a bit clueless to start with and is now moving up into uh, geek heaven with me. So um, I'm really looking forward to it, guys. I look forward to seeing you on the day and I hope the conference goes as well as it's as I'm sure it I'm sure it will it's going to be a fabulous networking experience I think that is probably the key we can all do lots of presentations we will learn things while we're there I think the credentialing side of it is going to be very very important because I I'm, imagine there's a thousand and one questions that people have got about that yeah. but I think probably some of the key stuff is going to be done in the breaks when people stand up and talk to one another and find out who's what how things work, what's good, what's bad, and the way to take things forward. And it's just a chance to meet everybody else who's involved in it, and hopefully um, more of a regional level as well. I think that should be an objective um, of this meeting and of Coventry and Derby and get together and see how we can make that work. But that's me. Being pushy, I'm sure it'll go brilliantly well. Um, thanks for joining me, guys. Um Thank we'll you. be in I'll be uh well I will see you on October the 6th. Uh but in the meantime, um I am also heading off to Antwerp in November. So that's for the International Fluid Academy conference. Uh looking forward to going to that. I'm hoping to be live streaming from there as well. Uh that's three days, that's all things fluids. So you wouldn't think you could talk for three days on fluids, <laughs> would you? But apparently we managed to. Um and then in this December is the uh, State-of-the-Art, the the Intensive Care Society State-of-the-Art Conference in Liverpool. Uh, which I'm also looking forward to. Again, we've got a real social media team platform set up for that. We've got many people going to be out with microphones. The live streaming is going to happen, and hopefully it's going to be done on a semi-professional level. Uh, watch this space. It could all go horribly wrong, but I'm hoping it won't. Um, and then uh, the new year will bring what it brings, and who knows what's going to happen in the new year. It looks like I may be going to Boston for a conference as well, but that's not been confirmed yet. We'll just have to wait and see. Chucky, all the best. I'm... I, I, I'm going to miss you, mate. I really am going to miss you. There's going to be big hugs on October the 6th. I'll be all over you like a blubbering baby, I would think. Um, But um, it's nice to speak to all three of you and we'll be in touch again soon. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank
3: you. you. Bye. You've been listening to Critical Care Practitioner. If you would like to comment on any of today's topics, find us at criticalcarepractitioner.co.uk, tweet us at ccpractitioner, Find us at facebook.com slash criticalcarepractitioner
0: or search Critical Care Practitioner on iTunes.